So, it is nearly noon as the party heads towards their meeting with the high merchant of guests, Kendi Masura. You leave the district that you're in, which is uh, sort of the mercantile district, and head up the main road to the Silver Square district, which is raised up from the other parts of the city. Kess is set on a series of hills, but the highest point is indeed the Silver District, which shines like silver in the sunlight. You can look all the way down into Lake Ontario and see the ships that are coming and going from there, as well as people going along the many roads that come and go from the city, as this is a trade hub and possibly the largest city in all of Sotria. Actually, not possibly. It's definitely the largest city in all of Sotria. You make your way up to the Silver Square District. You are, after some questioning allowed in by the guards, they are wearing their full silver gleaming armor. This is not only of the finest steel, polished to shine, but with silver engravings on it. The captains even have mithril weapons. You make your way into finely organized and beautiful, well-spaced city blocks with frequent gardens, statues. It's very different from the hustle and bustle of the rest of the city. Everyone here is well-dressed. There are carriages coming and going, pulled by oxen. Numerous people have exotic pets. But you make your way to the mansion, the largest mansion in the city, of Kendi Musura, the high merchant. You are greeted by his personal major domo, allowed inside, and brought into a beautiful sitting room. It is not lavish, just incredibly tasteful. Everything has its place. And while the value of this room far outstripes anything that you imagine to see in your lives, it doesn't in any way come off as opulent. However, there is a balcony that looks down towards the lake and over the city. The wind comes through the room and keeps you cool on what is otherwise a hot day. It's just the five of you at the moment, but not long after you are provided with refreshments, fine drinks, each seemingly tailored to your particular tastes. Other things are perhaps more upper crust for your, maybe your experiences, but you are all given a lunch. And as you're beginning to work your way into it, four individuals enter the room. The first of which is a strong, average height man with long, dark hair, greased and oiled, braided down his back. He has glasses, and he is carrying a book. His robes are fine, but not, again, lavish um, or needlessly ornamented. He does have jewelry, but it's not excessive. He steps inside, and you immediately recognize that must be Kendi, Lord Kendi. The second, some of you recognize, is Lothos, his second-in-command. Taller, stronger, far more serious. The third person in the room is an elf. Like the other two, she has sort of dark skin, though slightly lighter. Her hair is sort of a reddish-orange nature and pulled back with curls. She has a staff in her hand and a number of pouches, and by even the book that is held in a, a satchel by her side, she has the look of a housemage, and is probably his personal housemage. The fourth is a member of the Pariah Legion, with the look of a commander, but not a high-ranking commander. None of the Pariah Legion actually, like, dress fancy. They are exceedingly utilitarian. And this Hobgoblin is absolutely that. He has his weapons and his armor on. It's all clean and well-oiled, but not in any way needlessly showy. 
He stands, as does the Magister. Kendi and Lothos sit down. I think Kamar will also, like, stand when they enter. Kamar has dressed up in their business best, which is they've polished up the breastplate, but made sure that the polish sort of accentuates the nicked and battered look of it. And they're wearing, like, the the very clean, the very washed, but still tattered-looking tabard of the, the Sapphire Flight. And they are putting on the affect of... Well, normally they would put on the affect of the noble but destitute last scion of the Sapphire Flight. But since these people kind of already know who the fuck Kamar is, they're maybe not putting on quite as much of an act as they normally would. Kendi waves to you almost absentmindedly and says, Please, please do sit down. Um, There's no need for a formality here. You have proven yourselves, and that is why you have been called. And as he does this, a a young person comes into the room, an aide, perhaps well-dressed, but not as fancy as the others, and lays out five lacquered wooden boxes on a side table, one by one. And you can hear the clinking of coins inside of them. Kendi waves towards you and says, you have um, quite the reputation, so I suppose I shall get straight to it, yes? And he then turns over towards the boxes. Please accept this taste of the profits that can be gained in service to Kess and her protectorates. The word protectorates draws a sullen glare from the hobgoblin on Mosura's right. But the merchant continues. Adventurers willing to undertake such risky business are in short supply. I assume you are familiar with the graces of the City of Paths. You are free to spend your reward... Investment, as I like to call it. And you can rest assured that a greater prize awaits you, should you accept the terms that I wish to lay out. Go ahead. You are absolutely welcome to these, each one for each of you. I think uh, Kamar will, will slide there towards them and, like, crack it open and try to do, like, a quick estimate of how much is in here. The boxes are well-organized, and you can quickly count 50 gold pieces inside each box. Oh. That's a lot. Kamar does not say out loud. Consider it a prize simply for your time spent in meeting with me. Like I said, there is a great deal more profit to be earned should you be willing to meet with my terms. We love a consulting fee. (laughs) Yes. Char asks, what are your terms? I'm glad you ask. He steps back with a bow, and the hobgoblin rises from his seat. He casts a sideways glance at the merchant lord. The Badlands have gone bad. It's no surprise to any of you. He turns a look at Char, then to Kamar. Those of you who have been in the Badlands... But this is something different. As a quick note, as soon as he says Badlands, Fulcrum is going to like make a really disgruntled like, ugh, and then like slide over five <laughs> silver to Kamar. <laughs> Kamar will glare at the interruption, but absolutely take the silver. <laughs> However, this is not the job that we are hiring you for. Well, <laughs> we. 
Kamar puts the silver on the table. (laughs) 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 Undecided yet. (laughs) There is a caravan making its way down the Sears Road. Lord Musura has decided that we need additional hands and brought you in. You have proven yourselves at Jorinsford. I know that uh, you were vouched for by a, one of our number as well. The job is simple, at least to begin with. Go with the caravan, follow the Sears Road through the Rhine Peaks. There will be a rendezvous at Jorinsford, and then press on to Andaly. We are working for additional resources as the pariahs have been spread thin as monster sightings and null raids continue to increase in the region. It's a simple enough job. Your full payment will be made when you arrive in Andaly. And that's the end of the job in Andaly? No further? That is the end of the first job. However, we would almost certainly appreciate your assistance dealing with the situation, but should you choose to return to Kess, you would be allowed to do so. But I think it's fair to say, he looks over at Lord Kendi, who in turn looks back at him and nods. There is considerable, what did he say, profit to be earned in keeping the Badlands safe. In all likelihood, you'd not be making forays in deep into the Badlands. That is still our work. But there's other jobs you might be able to do. Shoring up defenses, protecting groups of settlers, so on and so forth. You are not proven and tested like the Pariah Legion is. No offense. He looks directly at Char. Char says, says you. Char also cocked an eyebrow but didn't say anything. He gives the stink eye to Char. But I understand that if you wish to desert the mission before it's done, that's understandable too. You will be paid on making sure that the caravan arrives safe in Andaly. Simple enough job. Famous last words. Lord Musura looks at you and says, But I was hoping that you could prove helpful to the Pariah Legion. They are, after all, our... Good friends, and you have shown considerable skill dealing with the gnolls, and perhaps, well, if rumors are to be believed, stranger things. Uh, as the uh, as the corporal said, you would not be asked to go out into the Badlands, but there are jobs you would be able to do on this side of Sotria. Kamar is going to, like, make eye contact with Biddy, and they're going to have a silent conversation about, okay, what do we think? Biddy rolls their eyes because we're we're gonna end up in the Badlands. Let's be real; it's gonna happen. Yeah, Kamar says Biddy and I will be willing to take the caravan to Andaly. What comes after that, we'll have to decide then. How much is waiting for us when we get to Andaly? And he'll smirk a little bit. Lord Masura says, I think it would be fair to pay out 50 gold pieces once again for your arrival, safe and sound, plus any expenses within reason. You would be provided for in terms of food and shelter. I mean, obviously, there are not inns at every stop along this year's road, but it is a relatively safe travel. All right, we'll 
Betty and I are fine to go to Andalee. We'll let the rest of you decide for yourselves. The hobgoblin turns to the rest of you. Don't let your compensation turn you complacent. The road to Andalee is safe enough, but the Badlands are expanding. You will remain wary and observant, and you'd be wise to heed our advice. Once we arrive in Grasswall, our fortress, you'd be given a full debriefing from Tamsin, the commander of our order. Grasswall is the headquarters of the Royal Legion? Yes, it is a fortress in the town of Andalee. Okay. You should know that the dangers of the Badlands are, well, they are well known. Nold attacks are common, as are sightings of wild animals and other creatures. But as of late, the raids have become more frequent and violent, and the hyena folk are becoming strangely organized in their attacks. As much as I hate to say it, we could probably use help finding the source of this aggression. So, do you have any additional questions? So, it's just an escort, right? We're not anticipating anything. No, but I wouldn't be hiring such capable individuals if I didn't think you wouldn't hold things for yourselves. Can I roll a perception to see if they're hiding anything from us about what they're expecting for us to run across or what they're expecting from us? You can make a perception check to sense motive. But I think I make that. Okay. So what's your bonus? Uh, pretty high. It is 13. With a 13, you get the impression that somebody like Lord Musura is always hiding things. He is always playing with more cards than you are. But you don't get a sense of maliciousness. You think that this is a fairly simple deal. The one piece that you get is that you don't think that he is really hiring you for your expertise. You think that he's probably hiring you, best as you could tell, for your name value. So it's like, oh, I sent the adventurers who dealt with Yorin's Ford over, so he doesn't have to send as much of his own personal wealth out to help the Pariah Legion at Grasswall. So we're basically exp expendable. Great. I have a question. Can I use perception to try to find a insecurity of the hobgoblin who was talking down to me? Incredible. You may. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> What's your perception bonus? A 10. With a 10, you don't find an insecurity. You know that he doesn't like you because he knew that you left. And pariahs, generally speaking, don't like deserters. But you also think that his negativity towards you is only kind of in response to some other things that you and the other members said. So you might be able to change his mind about you, but you don't necessarily think that there's a whole lot in the sense of insecurities, considering that the members of the prior legion, for the most part, are exceedingly stoic and difficult to piss off. You are one of them at one point, so you just kind of know they're like that. Like, you could piss him off by, like, ridiculing his legion and ridiculing, like, the organization and stuff like that, but he probably wouldn't show it. He'd just tuck it away for a later time. That's fair. Um, As a, like, out-of-character meta side note, guys, I had the most incredible thought just now. Yes. <laughs> what <Okay>. if... <laughs> The people, like, the rumors about us being this cool adventuring group 
at Jorinsport? What if they started calling us the Jorins Five? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. That would be so bad. I, I love, love it. Love it. <laughs> Stupid. That would be such a bad name for a group. I love it. It sounds like a boy band. Cause like it does. God knows this group is never gonna name itself, right? Like nobody in this, this group. This is true. Cares it's, just a, about- it's just it's just a placeholder name. Just yeah, placeholder it's gonna name. stick. Keep it on the mind. Anyway, <laughs> I had to just get that out there. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Lord Musura does say one last thing. The caravan will head out tomorrow morning at dawn. You are to meet um, at the uh, eastern gate and we'll head out from there. You will be taking the Sears Road to Andali, as I said previously. Defending the caravan, you will be providing any needs that the leadership of the caravan should need in terms of scouting or obviously protection, but I expect you to act fairly independently. You're not soldiers. You're adventurers. You're heroes, perhaps. That does bring up a point of interest, though. Before I can sign this final contract, and I will need all of your signatures, what is your adventuring party's name? I was not quite able to find that. Well, we've never incorporated. Jornsford was just a, a set of individual contracts. Hmm. Uh, um, <clears throat> well. Uh, sorry. Do you have a placeholder you'd like to use? Sorry to butt in. Uh, you know, when I was uh, hanging out around the taverns afterwards, I mean, it's been a year. Word gets around about things like this and i heard a couple of people talking about a yorns five so i like that name maybe we could put that down as a placeholder until yorns five it is he starts writing in pen a bit of like holds up a hand that is just like oh no it's too late (laughs) (laughs) all right very well 50 gold to be um paid to each of you individually or dispersed to the others in the case of your death unlikely i should expect you will handle any situations you are not subordinate to, but you will work with Corporal Jinsan, and I believe it will be Aldous Barrowmore is the lieutenant. We'll figure it out. You'll meet them in, in the morning. Um, but you do have some time to figure out what you'd like to do, um, make any preparations. I'm sorry for the short notice, but we got a rather urgent missive from Grasswall asking for help. Again, is there anything else that you'd like to know? What's your favorite color? Amber. Um. (laughs) It would be blue, probably. A a light blue. That's a good color. Thank you. I think it is as well. What's your favorite? It's red, like my hat. That's also a good color. Kamara's like, okay, great. Sounds good. Let me sign and we can get out of here. Yes, I will need a signature from each of you. Char mumbles as he's signing, don't ask Amber to take off the hat. (laughs) (laughs) I would assume that that's part of Amber's head. It is, but I call it my hat because people like to call it a cap. That does make sense. The hobgoblin gives a look to uh, to the, the high merchant, like, can I leave now? <laughs> <laughs> <Run>. <laughs>
he nods and uh corporal jensen steps out and uh leaves lothos is just watching he's just watching you as is the house mage though she has a great deal less interest so Billy, like super made a face that no one could see because of their veil except like the little furrow of of tiny white eyebrows when they mentioned signatures but then when the script actually comes they just sign super fast and it does actually genuinely say bitwin <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> i like it that's not their actual name <laughs> doing business as bitwin the contract is sealed and you are now hired kamar kamar hands five silver back to <laughs> back to um fulcrum all right so you were technically right what can i say takes it back <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll go over and sign the document uh char's gonna say never bet against fully luckiest cat i've ever met you do realize hey fulcrum you do realize he just handed your own silver back to you right no i know that's not how a bet works that's true (laughs) Kamar will hand you five five coins that were previously theirs thank you very much (laughs) Lord Musura will raise an eyebrow and say I believe we are done here you may finish enjoying the lunch that I've provided. However, I have other business to attend to. Otherwise, my major domo will see you out. Thank you for coming by, and I hope to uh, engage in many more profitable arrangements going forward. And he will stand and head out. Lothos will um, follow him, as will the unnamed elven woman. You are left in the room alone. You know that the Major Dome is probably somewhere around. The Hobgoblin Pariah member, Corporal Jinsan, is not nearby. You don't know where he is. He's probably out going, figuring out his stuff. What do you do? Do you just finish up lunch and head out? Pack it to go box. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Kamar's, Kamar's got to pack. So you each head out as a group, and do you split ways to make your preparations for this trip? You can make a um, like a nature or society society roll. Wait, what are we what are we rolling for to do? To do what? To know how far it is to Andaly. Oh. I, I will roll nature. I'll roll. 27. Society. Yeah, I did 24 for society. I'm just going to say Char doesn't know anything. Got 23 for nature. 15 for society. So you have been to Yornsford before, and you know it takes about 12 days if you are traveling by foot or at a reasonable pace with wagons and horses. Andaly is another two and a half days, maybe three, from Jorinsford. Just beyond Andaly is the Badlands. In fact, Grasswall is built on the cliff that drops down into the Badlands. And it is one of the few places that you can actually get up from the Badlands into the rest of Sotria, Western Sotria, I guess. So we already have the 50 gold, right? Like each? You Yes, you do have 50 gold. You will be paid another 50 gold with the implication that you could be paid significantly more in service to um, the Pariah Legion in Andalay. Man, I gotta buy some shit. I'm loaded. Yep, yep. 50 gold is a lot of money. 
So are we expect we're expected to leave tomorrow? Tomorrow morning at dawn. Okay. You need to be at the gate. The eastern gate. Biddy, are your weapons ruined? I take great care of my weapons. How dare you? No, none of them are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, upgrading them is not a not a not a bad idea. Do you have time? <laughs> no. Not- <laughs> I mean, like, unless we they have a traveling forge as part of this caravan. Put it on the to do list. You do not believe that they do, because a traveling forge would be a very specific kind of thing. Yeah. They probably will have weapons and supplies. That's the impression that you got from this caravan, that it's not just troops, it's other supplies. Probably money, honestly. That's right, folks. This next mission is an escort mission. The best kind of mission. Great. Love to do it. We'd love to do it. Love it. <laughs> Escort, you say? I'm trying to break out the eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. Hey there. <laughs> that was very bad. I'm sorry. Supports. <laughs> if you want to spend your 50 gold in preparation, if there's any things that you want to do before the mission begins, you may do so. It is noon. You have, you know, the rest of the day. But do I have enough time to look through the items on Archives of Nethys and decide what I, if there's anything I need to buy? That's the question. <laughs> yes, yes. And you don't have to uh, figure it all out now. We can do it between now and the next session. I was going to say, as like they're like, walking back um, to either the lion's den or like to their each respective homes, I feel like we all kind of like take the same path most of the way there. And as we get closer... It'll appear to everyone else that Fulcrum is thinking really hard about something and like is kind of like muttering under his breath, like, Andaly, Andaly. So I feel like there's something I was supposed to do with Andaly. And then like, we'll be like, like ears pointed forward all of a sudden and like kind of like looks startled <laughs> and is like, oh shit, that's right. I'm supposed, oh, guys. I got some crazy news. Oh, good. We haven't had any of that yet today. I know. So. Uh, Char asks when you got the news. Oh. Um. <laughs> so, like, remember when we got back after Jorinsford? Oh, Jesus. You know, I've been thinking a lot about when we got back from Jorinsford today, weirdly enough. <laughs> <laughs> So, so craziest thing. It's craziest thing. Remember that guy that I hooked up with? You hooked up with someone? No. <laughs> anyway, so this guy came out of nowhere and was like, hey, I have a message for you. And like, I mean, we all know that I don't know a lot of people around these parts anyway. Um, he said something about like someone in Andalee was looking for me. And like, he said he was like my brother or something. Why was Char sending you messages from Andalee? That's what I asked him. Uh, Char just, like, shakes his head, like... Wait, Char, you were in Andalee? No, I wasn't in Andalee. Fulcrum, do you have, like, an actual brother? I mean, like... No offense. I mean... Shit, man, I... I don't know, like... 
I mean, it's all kind of fuzzy, you know, before I met all of you guys here in Cass. Well, if you have a brother, we should meet him. Did they give you a time, a, a, a place? To... Did you write it down? I... No. I mean, I was... Listen, the guy was really hot. Are you st- are you are you are you are you still are you are you still seeing that rogue like would he remember? I, yeah, like off and on, I guess. Maybe. I sh- yeah, I should probably ask. I should probably talk to him about it. Oh, Cade. Yeah, I know Cade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're the Oh, you're the guy he's been talking about. Oh shit. Y- y'all aren't supposed to know. Don't tell don't tell the the guild or whatever. Oh. I mean, no, I haven't told anybody. Mostly because I don't care at all. Okay, good. Kamara doesn't, doesn't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Biddy, we can have multiple interpretations hey. of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I'll... I'll uh, yeah, I guess I'll talk to him about that and uh, see what that's about before we head into uh, Andaly. Don't want us to get blindsided by some random person. Did he not remind you? Well... No. Benoit is just shaking their head. Like I said, we kind of had a little whirlwind romance in the middle of all this, so... You two are perfect for each other. I don't know about that, but uh, I will definitely talk to him about it uh, and find out. Like I said, don't, us, don't want us to get blindsided once we get to Andaly. No, I can't imagine how that would happen. Do you know what your brother wants? No. I, I mean, yeah, I don't even know who he is. Wait, so you don't remember anything before meeting us? No, I I mean, I've told you guys the story, you know, I woke up in some random place. Oh, wait, I did know this story. <laughs> <Or God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Fulcum told everyone the story. Kamar was not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Kamar was like, who is this asshole? And why is he telling me his life story? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I love the extent to which we all hate each other in character. (laughs) It's great. No, yeah, I mean, I told y'all before, like, when Char found me out there in the middle of nowhere, I just, everything was gone. I was like a blank slate. I mean, every now and then I'll get, like, bits and flashes of things, but nothing that, nothing as solid as, like, a brother. Well, then maybe it's not sinister. That would be a nice change. (sighs) Now that you said that, I feel like the odds have a... Odds are against us. Here's hoping. Char looks at Fully and Amber and then looks at Kamar and says, I should stop picking up stragglers. Well, if you have a brother in Andalie, maybe your parents are there, too. Maybe you have other family. We can meet everyone. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, family's awesome. Yes, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Definitely the best, having family around all the time. That would be nice. Yeah, Amber, what happened to your family? At the very least, uh, maybe answers, you know? Char's gonna also, like, say to, to Fully on the side, there's a reason they didn't come looking for so long. So be cautious. 
Char, you can't just say that. I feel like hearing that, like, he kind of looks a little crestfallen for a second, Fulcrum does. and the, But then we'll, like, you know, we'll nod and be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, family sucks. Trust me. We love keeping it in mind. Family seems pretty nice to have. I mean, Char and Fulcrum seem to be pretty good friends. They're brothers. I like Char's mom, too. She's really nice. So Fulcrum's other family has to be nice, too. That's that. That's different. Blood doesn't mean anything, Amber. Get that into your head. Well, of course it doesn't. I don't have any. <laughs> okay you know what actually i hate all of you i'm gonna go pack my stuff and and we'll we'll exit this conversation and then fulcrum will probably quickly follow headed towards Cades. do we all just leave amber standing there we're headed we're all headed in the same direction well no you're going to Cades' place well yeah char i assume you head home Char would ex- actually escort Amber to the dorm. That'd be nice. Char walks with Amber to the dorm, to the academy. Bidouin, what do you do? Do you head with Kamar to help pack? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Some squire. <laughs> You're a squire. You're not expected to do things like pack and help carry things like i i envisioned kamar walking <laughs> away and as they're walking away being like biddy come on and silence kamar turns around and biddy's just gone <laughs> <laughs> but one's going shopping on the way back i would like to stop to get more ink if by ink you mean the ink that the uh, the umbral guild uses you kind of have to set up a meeting to do that you're not likely to be able to do it in time you could buy mundane ink any ink, really, probably. Because uh, if Char's going to be away for a while and he has the urge to draw. You could definitely just go by a shop that would sell parchments and uh, ink easily. Fulcrum, you return to Cade's place. He is sort of a does-jobs-at-night kind of guy, for the most part. So he's actually sleeping, but you do wake him up. And after, just like, oh, come on, why? All right. I'm awake. I'm awake. What do you need, Fulcrum? Hey, uh, listen, I know it's been a while and you pro- you may not remember, but, uh, that message that you gave me when we first met. You mean the one that you keep in your formulae book? The note? What? What? In the front of your formulae book, you keep it in the very front. There's a written note. Is that what you asked me about? You woke me up for? I have a job tonight, you know. Oh, shit. And then we'll, like... <laughs> we'll bring up... Hold on, hold on. And then we'll open up the book and make sure it's there. Yeah, it's right there. Fantastic. And it's a note that specifically says, Fulcrum, meet me and Andalee in one year. You do some basic mental math and realize that it's been a year and a month since that happened. Shit. And it's just signed, your brother. It doesn't say where. Just meet me and Andalee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Okay. It, this is a very vague note, so I, I do remember the vagueness, and that's probably why I forgot about it. Uh, okay. So, Kate, do you remember anything else about this note or this guy who gave it to you? Um, I didn't see the person. 
it was given to me through one of the members of the organization. But out of curiosity, I did find out about who gave it to us. Care to share with the class? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling that you would probably ask. So, interesting story. It was a uh, gnome. Not from around these parts. Nobody knew who the heck he was. But uh, looked like... Had the look of somebody who... You know, like a Badlander. You know, one of those uh, people who foray out. He had a bunch of knoll teeth and a necklace. Said that uh, on his way back to cast, somebody had paid him. And uh, as it turns out, I was able to find out a very basic description, which is to say that uh, he was pired by a catfolk. Didn't get any other description than that, but they said that there was a an Amaran and an Andalee who uh, quietly hired him on the side when he was heading his way back to Kess. Huh. Well, I guess on that note, I'm headed out tomorrow, so it's been fun. Off to adventure, he raises his eyebrows. Hopefully, something like that. Well, it's been an adventure here, but honestly, I I think it's probably best that I focus on my work anyway. You've been very distracting. But uh, if you come back to Kess in one piece, you know, look me up. Sounds good. See ya. And then Fulcrum will give it a, a very charismatic wink, turn on his heel and walk out the door. Cade closes the door, locks it, shakes his head, and goes back to bed. Good for him. <laughs> um, it's like what a what a crazy cat. You gotta, I you. What are you doing with yourself, Cade? Oh, he goes back to sleep. <laughs> um, I realize Kamar also has some shopping that they want to do. Where do you keep your stuff, Kamar? So Kamar has like a tiny one-room apartment that they rent, which is where they usually keep anything that they don't want to cart around with them. But they also have a backpack that they just stuff full of shit, including weapons when they're out on the trail. Every now and then they leave gear at the Tengu Forge. You know, like if they're working on something. Juke's Forge. Yeah, Juke Ika. Which, you know, and then there's endless bitching about that. But mostly it's all kept in this, like, one-room apartment. Uh, Kamar doesn't have a bunch of stuff. It's mostly tools and equipment, and it's all heavy as shit. Also, some of it Biddy carries, hidden away in the extra-dimensional sleeves. Mostly, like, I think it's, like, just the tools, mostly. So when they're not being stored at the forge. As you're walking to the forge, you're approached in the street by a slightly younger red-feathered Tengu, who you immediately recognize. They're not wearing um, armor or significantly weapons. And they step up sort of right in the middle of your way. And you recognize them as another member of the Sapphire Flight. Uh, what's their name? They go by Hornbill because their beak has super gotten messed up. Gotcha. They have an actual name, but pretty much everybody calls them Hornbill. Their voice is also really weird sounding. Almost like honking like voice. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, Kamara, I, 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 I heard you, um, you're heading out on an expedition again. Couldn't say goodbye to the Badlands? 
wait, how did you hear about that? I literally just got out of the meeting. Word, word gets around. What the fuck? Okay, so... Okay, so one of Masura's agents was looking around for you, and I pointed them in the right direction. What do you want? Ugh, Corny, you're just a piece of work. You know that? First of all, it's not horny. It's not even Hornbill. It's actually Eco, but if you have to call me something that's not my name, you could call me Hornbill. Oh, okay. Okay. I I call them Eco. That's I think I I think that I respect them enough as a fellow survivor to to actually use their real name. No, Eco's a real piece of shit and was even out there. Oh, okay. They're the kind of person who shoves someone else in the way when they're trying to run away. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, they deserted before even the incident happened. Oh, they're a deserter. Um, yeah, no, they're and oh, then they've continued okay. to be a low-level criminal con artist. Gotcha. Person. They were the child of a relatively high-ranking member of the flight who they brought out, but their parent died, and uh, they pretty much just left them to die, and all of you to die. Yeah. Um, they organized a small group of deserters. Gotcha. Look, um, I, I I just think that you um you might want to rethink going out there. The Badlands are, uh, well, you know. Kamar, like, looks really puzzled and is like, Horny, when have you ever cared about my health or well-being? I don't. <laughs> I, listen, um, there's been, well, I probably shouldn't even talk about it. Kvar is gonna lean in close, wrap an arm around them like they're definitely friends now. Like, except that they're facing each other, so it's actually really threatening. It's not like side-by-side chummy. It's like, you can't escape now. Oh, yeah. Now, Horny... This is the sort of thing that you say that makes me think that we should have a real long conversation. Mm? I, no, I think that sounds bad, actually. Um, so <laughs> I would like to intimidate Horny into telling me exactly what it is that they should not be telling me. Roll to coerce. Horny. Uh... Oh God, eleven total. Total. Well. I really shouldn't talk about this. I know. But I do love gossip. Okay, so here's the deal. Mm -hmm. A couple of the pariahs say that they've seen members of the flight out walking around again. Like, on their mounts, but they're like skeletons now. Oh, fuck no. Kamara's like mad now. Yeah, that's what I, that's just what I heard. Oh, come on. Yeah, but that's, that's not the thing. That... Man, that's neither here nor there. But the other thing is, there was like a really threatening person who came by and asked me a bunch of questions. They had like yellow eyes and stuff, sort of like spider webs on their face. Were they wearing a veil? Yeah, they were actually. How'd you know? Was it Biddy? You know Bidwin, right? Uh, I know Bidwin. No, they had like spider webs on the side of their face. Oh. Or like carved into their face. It was real weird. That's not good. Um. Anyway. So yeah, they um this weird person they kept asking all these questions about you guys and whether you're going out into the uh the badlands and I just don't want you to get me hurt. You mean uh, you guys the flight or you guys the people I was just in a meeting with? Uh all of the above, but mostly just you personally. I don't want to take a fall for yeah, you. Yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about probably. 
Well, unless unless you tell them that you told me this, in which case they're going to kill you. Probably. Oh, yeah, they probably will. Hey, we should stop talking. I need to go. You know, I've never agreed with you more. Bye. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. It was great to see you. I hope you die in the Badlands. Yep, hope you starve to death. It's unlikely. I'm very fat. Put on a lot of weight late recently. <laughs> he looks down. He has not. Great. Tell me when the babies do. Great. See you. Bye. Hurtful. They're friends. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> Time to write hate fit. <laughs> <laughs> No. Char, you return to your family home. One of your brothers is in the Priya Legion. One of your brothers died when you were young. Your mother is one of the people that is home. You do have two cousins who are staying there at the moment as well, uh, with her hair just sort of very short and tied back in still a very military fashion. She seems to have completed whatever project she was working on in the garden and has now moved over to the forge, the exterior forge. Right now, she's working on a plowhead and not a weapon, but when she sees you. Well, how did it go? Well. Did you get a job? We we got a job. It's going to be a bit. We got to escort, escort something. So, you know, don't wait up. I won't. It's been a while since you've been outside of Kess, since, you know, Yorin's Ford. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, really haven't looked for much work since then, so this is going to be a good change of pace. You know, the Legion doesn't hold it against you, what happened. And I know Tamsin. Doesn't matter if they do. I do. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm just saying... I don't know what I'm saying. It's not your fault, okay? I see this weight that you carry every day, and I want you to know that it's it's not your fault. I know that... Staying wouldn't have changed anything at all, and I know I would have died out there, but damn it, I should have done it. I believe things happen for a reason. I believe in fate. Be safe. I will be. She embraces you, if you allow it. Yeah, I will. It's his mother. He's not going to say no to a hug from his mother. I'll pack you something for the road, um, and for the morning, but you're going to have to take care of your own gear. I haven't raised a, I haven't raised a slacker. Been taking care of my own gear since I was five. Yes, just like I've taught you. I could actually use your help around the house if you have a little bit of time. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll help her out. I don't think there's a lot of talking between he and his mother. His cousins talk a lot about what's going on with the Pariah Legion. Neither of which are in the Pariah Legion, but both when they're a bit older, hope to join. They say that there is a new group of trainees that have been assembled and cast and are going to head out to Andalee. Hmm. Amber, you return back, gather your things from the Academy. Unfortunately, Erde Schumanson is not around. He has been called off for some other thing that nobody really seems to know why. Do you leave him a note or anything like that? Or do you just grab your stuff and go? Amber really wants to write a note, and so he will. He will pick up a pen, get some parchment, and just write probably not a very long note, but also not short, more or less saying, Hey, Mr. Airday, sir. Thank you for teaching me so much. I've had a lot of fun here, and you're really great. I have something I need to do. I think I have a job. That's kind of weird. So I'll see you in a bit, maybe. And that's what he writes. 
That's what he writes. You actually get a warm send-off from those students and teachers um, at the academy who are awake when you head out at dawn. You didn't realize how much fondness there was towards you until you head out. And it's kind of strange because the weird awkwardness that you had among essentially your own people at Yorin's Ford, it isn't here. Maybe they don't understand you. They really don't. But they are just like, bye, Amber. Be safe, Amber. Bye, guys. And they're like, what do you think he's going to do? No idea. <laughs> he has like a little backpack on. It's like really adorable. Chelsea peeks out. Oh, yeah. It's like straight out of. I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, like Princess <laughs> Mononoke and House Moving Castle. Oh, like a Ghibli yeah, film. Yes, yeah. precisely. It's exactly like that. I see you like stepping down the steps as like they're all like waving and stuff. Oh, yeah, straight out of that. Oh, my heart. <laughs> and finally, we get to Bedouin. Bedouin, you go out and you are examining most likely magical items of various sorts. You know the places you have the hookups. And you know they're coming before they get there, but you also know that there's not really a great way to run without making a ruckus. Three people. All three Kayal, members of the Umbral Guild, or a Umbral Guild. You know this one to be the Twilight Society. The two on either side of this woman watch you warily. You know they're armed, even though they don't have weapons out. It's a very casual standoff where any outside observer wouldn't realize how tense the situation was. They'd be just like, oh, look, it's four Kayal hanging out. Uh, Kayal being fetchlings, of course. A lot of people in the world call Kayal fetchlings, but Kayal is the term they prefer. And there is a woman dressed somewhat like Bedouin is with a spiderweb-like pattern going down one side of her face. These white spiderwebs sort of cracks in the side of her face. I see you got our message, Biddy. Yeah, unfortunately, I've got some other stuff going on, um, and I won't be won't be able to play with you guys for a while. You're heading out to Andaly. Yep. As it turns out, we may have pulled some strings. Okay. Uh, what do you want? As it turns out, you might just be the right person in the right place at the right time. Go ahead with your little mission for that very self-important man in his little mansion. There's more going on here than you know about. We'll reach out to you. We'll be in touch. Stay alive. If the others have to die, that's fine, but we need you for the moment. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Oh, I'm not being nice. Don't die. It is important to us. And don't try to hide again. That was very annoying. You know what you took from us. For fuck's sake. Very well. It might not be me, but you'll see us again. And with that, they disappear into the crowd. So it's it's evening. The sun's starting to go down. Tamara's bought everything they're going to buy and has sort of finished packing up and is ready to go first thing tomorrow morning. And they're they're sitting at the little bedside table desk thing that's that's in their apartment. They've got like a, a candle. I think actually it's probably after sundown. So the sun is like gone down, but there's still a little bit of light in the sky. They've got a candle sitting on the bedside table and they've got their crafting book out. And they're like kind of flipping through the pages. 
you know, like going back through it just idly. This is just something they do. Think about, well, what am I going to make next? What's what are all the things I I should do? And they like flip towards the front, and it's just a loose leaf binder, right? Nothing's really held in there. They pull out a page. And it's a page of a spear of some kind that they started to design ages and ages ago, kind of on a whim. Like, one day I'll make this sort of thing. And they look at it, get out their pen, looking at it, start to scribble and, like, try to make just, like, little changes to it. And then crumple it up in frustration, toss it against the wall, get out of fresh paper, and actually just start start drawing a, a new plan for this for this spear. So you gather at the Eastern Gate at dawn. You see a total of five hobgoblins on horseback. Jensen is one of them. You also see a significant number, about, let's say, 20 more hobgoblins on foot, these being most likely the trainees. They are fresh recruits. You doubt any of them have seen battle. Char, in particular. You see yourself because you left from Kess in the same way along this year's road years ago. You see them, they're joking and talking to each other in quiet tones because one, they are recruits for the Pariah Legion, and two, it's early. There are maybe about 50 humans, some of them soldiers, others civilians. They're gathering wagons and horses. You see one tall human man you believe that this is probably Aldous Whitebarrow, and he is wearing the traditional garb of the Silver Guard. There are a few other members of the Silver Guard as well, but the majority of these individuals are merely soldiers in service to the city of Kess or various support personnel. There are numerous wagons. You can see piles of weapons and supplies, food. There is a particularly armored wagon that you imagine has the payroll for all these people. And as the morning light begins to shine down over the Rhine Peaks as the sun begins to rise and burn away the fog. With all of that energy and nervousness and tiredness that a new day brings, you look down the Sears Road. You can't see where it actually reaches up into the Rhine Peaks, nor could you see where it goes on the other side. But you know that there is a true journey ahead of you. And you prepare to meet it. And you hope that you should not meet such things as you did at Joran's Ford. And somehow you know that you were always meant to go this way. That every time you've tried to leave Kess and head farther west, you just couldn't bring yourself to do it. That you were meant to walk this path. And that is both an exhilarating and terrifying thought that something keeps pulling you back and you head out. Thus begins our adventure.
The Against the Shadows podcast is a Misfit Dice production. The Against the Shadows podcast is adapted from the Black Plains Adventure by the great Watt from the Paizo Forums with his express permission and converted into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Pathfinder 2nd Edition is a product of Paizo Incorporated and is copyrighted by Paizo. Misfit Dice Productions is not affiliated with Paizo in any way. Disclaimer. This disclaimer is not a legal disclaimer. Music in Against the Shadows is created by Cyan Beats. Check them out at soundcloud.com slash cyanbeats. Ambient music is by Tabletop Audio. Check them out at tabletopaudio.com. If you want to get in touch with the Misfit Dice crew, visit our website at misfitdice.com, email us at misfitdicepod at gmail.com, or tweet at us at misfitdicepod. We have a link to our Discord on our website and Twitter. <laughs> There's an adorable cat to blame for all of this. The fact that your cat jumped up and used the microphone shiny, I think, in I'm of so itself. I'm so sorry. He's terrified was of the fantastic. Oh, it's scary over here. I feel the same way. I'm terrified of the cat. Where did shiny go? No. No, I need my shiny.